Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning out there. <laughs> Excuse me. Good morning out there in Radio Land, whether you're dialed in, whether you're in the chat room, or whether you are listening via a, a, a web link, however you're connected to today's show here at Off the Shelf. I want to welcome you, give you a very hearty welcome to Off the Shelf. I always say to our loyal listeners, as I was telling our guests, we're headed for 11 years. I, I, it's just, I cannot believe that much time has gone by since we, we were on the air and how the show got started. I was just trying to schedule an interview for to discuss my first novel, Portia, and the, 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 the gentleman who owned the radio station, Neil Blake, at... Uh, Rainbow Soul, he said, why don't you start your own show? And that's how Off the Shelf got started. And now we're headed for 11 years. So those of you who've been with us all of these years over at Blake Radio and now here at Blog Talk Radio, I I just so appreciate you. And I say thank you every week because I, I truly, truly am so appreciative for you being with us here all these years, and as our listeners, the number of listeners we have continues to grow and grow. I thank you and welcome you to this Saturday, June the 7th, uh, to Off the Shelf. And again, thank you for being here with us. It's just a joy to have you here. For those who don't don't know me, it might be your first time, you're just looking for something to do on a Saturday morning as you're tuning in to Off the Shelf, I want to introduce myself I'm Denise Turney, and as I always say, I am coming to you live from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the city of brotherly love. And I and thank you again for your support. And I hope you'll go out and get a copy of my latest book, Love Pour Over Me. I like to let people know what they'll get when they read the book because some people like mystery, some people don't like mystery, some people like romance, some people don't. But when you get a copy of Love Pour Over Me, which is really a story about a father and a son, relationship and also a man and a woman's uh, relationship you you're going to get there's a friendships in this book that last throughout the duration of the story through the ups and downs that these guys have they meet in a college in pennsylvania and also a love relationship between a man and a woman the the relationship that really really moves me the man and the woman's and the father and the son because the father the, he's a he's a he has, deals with alcoholism and you get to watch the changes that they go through in the book and so many people start out hating the father and then later they start to see as he the story evolves their feelings for him sometimes change so i, I encourage you to get a copy of love pour over me you can get a copy ebook or print anywhere you can get it at, at, at amazon itunes ebook it and you can read free excerpts at my website which is chistel.com c-h-i-s-t-e-l-l.com i think you really really are going to enjoy the book and if you don't see it on the shelf just ask the clerk at the bookstore or the library for it because love program is carried by the largest book distributors in the world and now let us go and meet today's special, special guest. I'm excited about the show. And I was telling our guests that I have learned something from every guest we've had on this show that have truly enriched my life and the lives of our listeners. They share so much valuable information that if you had to pay for a seminar, I think, oh, my goodness, you'd probably be paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars and they're offering this, free informa- this information for free. And it's things that you can use practical steps in your life to help enrich, enrich and empower your life even more. And our special guest today is Jacqueline Ripstein. I hope I said her name correctly, her last name. Jacqueline is an internationally known fine artist, and her work is just marvelous, just splendid. She is also a world peace Envoy United Nations representative of the International Association of Educators for World Peace. And Jacqueline and her works have appeared in more more than 375 shows. She has opened major events, including the Sephirate in Spain. She was also commissioned to paint Our Lady of the Universe, and I know I'm not going to say this right, for Medjugorje, Croatia, to support widows and orphans of war. She has appeared as a keynote speaker at national and international events, and she is the creator of the Invisible Art and Light Technique and the author of The Art of Healing. At her official website, it's it's shared, I have realized that my art becomes a doorway, a 
portal to invisible realms, connecting the viewer to emotional healing and spiritual power. You can learn more about Jacqueline and her books, again, The Invisible Art and Light Technique and The Art of Healing, and her works by visiting her website at JacquelineRipstein.com, and I'll spell it, J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E. R-I-P-S-T-E-I-N dot com. Again, that's J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E R-I-P-S-T-E-I-N dot com. Jacqueline Ripstein dot com. And you can Google her and she'll come up as well. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Jacqueline. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here with you, Denise, today. And we're so blessed. I am so excited about learning more about you this is one of the blessings of hosting a talk show. You learn about people that you may never have would have crossed their paths if you hadn't been a radio host, and they just bring so much richness to your life. So, and then I want to share that with our listeners. Can you give? I like to give our off-the-shelf listeners backstory on the guest. Can you tell us where you were born and what your what life was like for you as a child? Yes. Well. I was born in Mexico City, and uh, life has really been very magical. You know, I used to sing Bibi Babi Dibu, and I had the most amazing uh, one, you know, magical one that my dad had made for me in his uh, factory. It was just, uh, you know, paper and and uh, wood, but mm-hmm. for me, it was life. It had. It sparkled the, you know, the magic that I believed in. And later on, with the years, I understood that I exchanged the one for my brush. And wow. I started creating um, a magic, miracles, and that God was using me at that point as his brush. Amazing. I wanted to ask you, you said that your father made his magical one in his factory. How old were you when you actually started creating art, when you started painting? And what what inspired you to go start going down that path as an artist? I already had it in me. You know, it was, I, I used to, I don't even remember, to be honest with you, Denise, that I knew I was down here on earth. I... I truly, until four years old, I truly uh, knew that I was in a, I don't know, in a magical, imaginative world without really totally being here, down here. You know, it was still babies when they're born. You know what they say that they don't talk and why don't they talk? It's because they know too much about God. So when we're little, we're so close to God, we're just coming from God, and we're just coming from a realm of light. And I I felt like that, you know, as I was here. And then at 12, I won a national contest of Prisma Color. I had a diploma. And eventually, I flunked art when I was 15, the moment they tried to encase me and and show me more technology, you know, and perspective and things like that. I just couldn't grab it. I just mm. felt that I was stupid in the sense of saying, oh, my God, I'm not understanding what the teacher is saying. I had to take mm-hmm. it. And you then, have... yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead. And, they, and I then, you know, just uh, could never go to art school. It, mm. I was totally blocked from going to art school. And, Without knowing, I was, you know, in that part, that understanding it. And later on, I thought that if I would have gone to art school, I would have never created new techniques in art. Wow. You, you know, this is what I was going to say. My son and my oldest brother, now my brother said his son and my nephew, had just uh, this natural talent for drawing. My son took an art class in school, and he's never drawn like he used to. And you're probably maybe the third or fourth person I've heard say they had this natural gift. They took a class. The teacher wanted them to do it the teacher's way. And almost if you don't do it this way, then you're doing it wrong. 
And you don't, art is about self-expression. I don't know where that comes from that you have to do it the way somebody else did it. This is the way Van Gogh did it, so this is how you have to do it too. This, I don't know where that comes from, but you, you're one of several people who stepped away from it for a while because somebody told you you have to do it this way or you're doing it wrong. I don't know where that comes from. I wanted to ask you next, in what specific ways, Jacqueline, have you seen art change people's lives? Oh, my God. In every sense. Uh, first of all, we're talking of two things. One, where you're, when you're the spectator, and two, when you're creating it. Let's go to the first one. When you're an spectator, you know, when you're really tuned in and the art that you're vibrating with, is speaking to you, as I call it for years, I've been calling that art is a sacred language, it's a silent language that goes from one heart to another. So when when a piece of art is able to talk to you and you're watching it, you're becoming an artist without knowing yourself. You're becoming, one is a transmitter, the other one is the receiver because it's an exchange of energy. And then when you're creating it, uh, look at what art therapy can do. Just last week, I had two people uh, calling me, one from Mexico, one from San Francisco, telling me that they they had healed, you know, their lives, and they had been in touch, you know, being cancer survivors, and they had gone through studying my art enabled to help them and I just didn't know that and the first reaction I have with those things are thank you God because without even my art is creating a mission my art is inspiring people you know wherever they are it's out there every piece that I give birth to has its own life wow amazing Yes, that is something. Thanks for sharing that. That that and those are the only ones that you're aware of. A lot of times, if we're doing the right thing, we're not aware of the good works that the the, the works we're doing are 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 achieving. Um, now, you've been invited to events like the United Nations Millennium Peace Day and the first Lenzo Art Exhibition. What was the process for our listeners who themselves? They might want to go down a similar journey that you have and become an artist. And, you know, in every industry, whether it's acting or or whether it's writing or art or painting or drawing, there are challenges as well. Can you, uh, to be invited to an event like that, what's the process that occurred that, that leads to these invitations for you? Do, do you market your work? Do the people that simply call you? How do you get that exposure so you're invited to these types of events? Well, I believe there are a few things. Uh, what you call marketing in the world of materialism and what you call destiny. What you call destiny when you're in marketing, I'm not very good at, and I don't like it, to be honest, Denise, because I truly believe my art is my life's mission, and I've learned to put it into the hands of God. So I truly, truly uh, believe that there's a, we are all born with gifts. We're all born with tests of life. We all have to overcome things. But I also believe we're all born with that with a talent, with a gift that we're here to give the world, if it's helping others, inspiring others, painting, singing, uh, watching, uh, whatever, you know, you decide. My mission, I took responsibility of it, and I created it. And you have to take responsibility of every step and action that you're doing, and that's what the book is about. And, And that's the whole idea of of the book of the art of healing art because it takes people to to find their paths in life and in order to do that you need to first go through the darkness not only that sometimes we have within us not sometimes we all have 
egos and do a cleansing of our own selves in order for, for the light to start shining through. When I was chosen to do the Millennium Day with Mrs. Hanan and give a workshop for 450 children, the painting that you mentioned when I was uh, committed, uh, you know, commissioned to do Our Lady of the Universe for Medjugorje, for Croatia, uh, was in the United Nations for the first time a painting was allowed of an mm. image allowed to be inside of it exactly what when Castro came to the United States and and the painting was in very important and it was you know just inside of the headquarters so people have heard about me about you know there's a book about it there's you know, many things I've, I've done, and I've dedicated part of that copyright to help widows and children of war. Mm-hmm. So I truly believe that when you're doing something, don't do it to be recognized. Do it because you're here to serve humanity. Wow. And then it works. You know, I want to ask you a few more questions before we start talking about the art of healing in depth. And one of them, and I mentioned this artist earlier, and I think about what his works have done after he's left, you know, this this world. Van Gogh, his work has gone on to inspire and influence people around the world. Yet when he was here in the physical form, his works really so, which is almost, it's beyond astonishing. And then I think it was his sister-in-law who started telling people about his works. Now his paintings can sell for like a million. When he was here, he could hardly make anything out of money off of his works. And like you said, don't do it for recognition. His works really have inspired people after he's been gone. Now, based on his history, and he's certainly not the only one, what would you say to artists who who are thinking about throwing in the towel because they haven't achieved the success they want yet? What would, what would you say to them? And they're really struggling and very frustrated right now. Or they're just saying, you know what, I'm not going to create anymore because it's just nothing's coming of it. I love it. It's so true. You know, I used to have the agents of Salvador Dali myself, and the publisher in Paris was my publisher as well. And they, I used to come, and, and, and in New York, and Limos would pick me up, and, you know, they would do uh, pieces of mine, and, and they would sold, sell out. And then when Dali died, out of the blue a few years later, I had to break all my contracts because most of the big dealers of his were dealing with fakes and copies, oh. and, and they were taken, and I had to lose everything, you know, that I had built at that point in my mm-hmm. career, go back to zero. And, wow. the, and that's the beginning of my book, Point Zero with the Painting, Man and the Cosmos. When you go back to zero in your lives, when when we understand that the opportunity is there where we can rebuild again, you know, and start all over again into a higher level, because we usually don't start in the same level that we ended we, without knowing after a test, we're starting from a higher step. So when we realize that, and we realize that, it is very frustrating because I, I dwell on that for many years. And then when I gave it all to God and I said, okay, God, the value of my art, there's no way a human being can pay it. And I have to understand that the value is given when last week, as I told you, somebody called me mm-hmm. and said, your art helped me survive and inspired my life. and you know, and, and I'm a survivor of cancer. Those are the things that are worth more than one dollar. Yes, yes, So yes. When we are so used to putting prices and, and seeing, you know, in the book, one of the things that I wrote was, you know, when we think that we are the car we, we drive or the watch that we're wearing, Imagine how devaluated we are in the soul. So wow. Yeah. Our, our true, true value 
comes from who we are as divine beings, not what we can sell it for. Mm. Yes, and th- thank you for sharing that. I was just going to ask you to sales define artistic success, and you answered you answered my you answered my question. So, if sales don't define artistic success, and you talked about the people that you connect, you heard from last week, and I'm sure there are many others who you haven't heard from. What does then define artistic success? Artistic success specifically to you? When I'm able to inspire one life, when I'm able to to save one life, when I'm able to open, help open consciousness in one human being, because one by one we awaken. You know, one time I was kidding. I used to go to alternative schools to help children before they were thrown out to the streets. And one time I had this boy after the class that I gave, and I had the cameras of WLRN with me because they were doing a story of mine. And he said to me, can I talk to you? And I said, yes, of course. Do you want me to have the cameras closed? And he said, no. And he said to me in front of the cameras, I just came to say thank you because I was going to commit suicide today. He said, getting wow. ready, and you gave me faith back again. How can you give some money? There's no no material value to that. There's a whole mm-hmm. spiritual value to it. So we need to understand that if we're struggling, you know, with the money situation, then take a job that you love to do something. Because if you're doing something that you do not like to do extra, I have other jobs that, you know, I, I'm open and I enjoy. But if you're doing something you're not happy with, you're also blocking your creative forces. Wow. Oh, my goodness. It's very powerful that you shift that because many times we do take jobs. I, I'm so glad you shared that we take jobs just to pay the bills, but we don't like the job. And mm-hmm. it's not. It's okay to take another job. As I told our listeners here off the shelf, I know writers who have had books on a New York Times bestselling list and they've had another job. But it's a job they also said they enjoyed. So it's it's you, you you can do your art and work another job. It is possible, but just make sure you enjoy that other job as well. I wanted to ask you what now. I want to talk about your book specifically and what our listeners can uh, expect when they get the art of healing. What inspired you? What specifically inspired you? Was there a specific event or something that came to you that inspired you to write this particular book, The Art of Healing? Well, out of the blue, I in the year 2005, I started to get sick and I just couldn't understand what was happening to me. And my energy started dropping. My speech started getting worse and worse. I could barely talk. People could barely understand me. And, you know, by little I fall into this state, I went to several very famous clinics. And after tests that were pretty painful, first they thought I had a brain tumor. And then they realized that what they called brain tumor was a huge normal pineal gland, which is called the third eye. And obviously, as an artist, I've used it all my life. And, you know, with, I don't don't like the word channeling, but with contacting, you know, Mm -hmm. other dimensions. And I started getting angry, you know, rejecting the situation of saying I'm sick, you know, what's going on, what is my body saying. I then started practicing exercises that I've created to help people get in touch with their inner being, with their inner child. I started myself practicing those. And then I gave in. I said, okay, God. You know, show me what the sickness contains within it that I can learn and do so I can move above it. And out of the blue, the moment I I stopped resisting, you know, let go, let God, that moment, the whole book was dictated to me. The the whole book started to 
to become alive. And it took me three years to finish this book. Wow. Wow. You know, it's just, uh, uh, and thank you again for sharing that, your personal story of, and I'd like to ask our guests, what inspired you to, to write this, this, create this particular work, and it's very interesting. And a lot of times it is some, we'll have a lot of guests that say, well, I, I went through something like that. And they'll, they'll that's how they inspired them to write a novel. They'll say, I, went, I had a similar experience myself. Can you give our listeners off-the-shelf listeners, a brief overview of the art of healing. I know it's nonfiction. What can they expect when they pick up a copy of the art of, a, art of healing? Well, let me tell you one thing I believe in, Denise. When we have an expectation, it equals frustration. So the first thing I would ask people, do not expect anything. You know? Okay. And, you know, this is a book that's, an alive book, it's an instrument. It's an instrument of consciousness, so you can use it in two different ways. One, you can use it from beginning to end to help you be part of a new era, to help raise your vibrations and open your consciousness to higher levels of living. It will help you peel different layers that are obstructing your light and the way we live. It will help you awaken to realities that you contain within you that we're not aware of. And the most important of all, takes it reveals 15 keys that come through my art as portals where... Going through one by one, you will be recognizing some of the knowledge that your soul already has. That's one way. The second is an oracle. So you can open it, ask a deep question. If it's not a deep question, the soul will come in to throw in the deep question, and the book will go right away to answer, you know, the question. I had a group of girls around 15 girls and we were in Starbucks and suddenly one of them says okay I'm going to ask a question she opens the book and she had asked a very superficial question the book came in to answer deep within what was the blocking of she not having loving her life and it was not not meeting a man it was about her not having love for herself so suddenly mm. she realized, she was like, oh, my God, the book just slapped my face. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and art seems like a very, uh, they say when we are trying to, if we feel like something's being forced upon us, even uh, in, in enlightenment, if we feel like it's being forced upon us, we don't receive it fully. So it's almost like art drops a lot of the guard that we might have, and you can receive a message, I think, more easily because our resistance might drop. Now, I know lessons are included in the art of healing. That said, how long would it take most readers, if they complete the lessons and do you encourage that them to, how long would it take most readers to complete a single lesson in the book? And can you tell us what are some of the topics that the lessons focus on? Well, first of all, I, I don't see time. I have people that are going very slow because they're learning and some people go back again and reread it. So there's no time as long as you're growing and awakening. And, you know, the book is connecting you to your soul. I said the other day to somebody that bought the color book, I told her, I said, you know, if at least you give five minutes a day to the book, it will keep you connected with your soul because it's an instrument. You know, the moment you open it, your soul awakens. So it's very, very important if you don't have time to meditate in life, if you don't have time to stop, at least take five minutes, you know, open the book, read wherever you can read, get the message, and move on, but be connected, you know, because if not... We have a tendency of walking through life being asleep. 
Leonardo da Vinci used to say, if you're going to sleep in life, remember that life is for living and death is for sleeping. Yeah. Now, what what are some of the lessons? What are some topics that are covered in the lessons? Well, it's designed to take you from uh, the cosmos of who we are, you know, what the cosmos is, what's the great consciousness, what's, you know, the connection with us. So it starts with man and the cosmos, then the architect of his own destiny, then life, burden of life, storms of life, ego, colors of life, the I am, you know, the sacred being. So it takes you one by one, it's 15 lessons, and it takes you by the hand one by one to to get you prepared, especially to be part of a new era. You know, we're living times of changes, and we all realize and accept it now. I think for a while we were not really accepting that we're living different times because you know, for years we've been saying it's a different moment, and it was different, but not as today. We're really entering a new era, which is Aquarius, and the vibrational color of it is violet. If we do not prepare our own vibrations to be in a higher level, we will be trapped in the lower levels of the pain of humanity. Wow. Now, what does it mean to raise consciousness? What does that mean for our listeners who don't have, they may be being introduced to this for the first time. What does it mean when you say raise consciousness? Okay, to raise consciousness is to have more awareness of life, you know, to have more awareness of your own life. If you're suffering through difficult times, the only way to move beyond that is to go through your life, realize what's happening. For example, uh, one of the lessons called Life or the Storms of Life are two of the lessons that deal with uh, storms in, in our lives and how they can block us from going beyond. It's like having a horse being covered and he can only see a certain wavelength, you know, certain uh, uh, a view, mm-hmm. you know, in front of him. But if we take out that cover, he can see, you know, to 180. So a lot of times we we have been programmed in our minds. We have been programmed since we're born to certain thoughts, identities that are only obstructing the entry to our light. So awareness, consciousness will grow as we become more human and more in touch with our divine being. Mm. Now tell us about some signs that what are some signs or ways that people can know, and especially in our busy lives, as people, we go to and up and down these busy highways or however we commute, some working from home, and paying bills and dealing with different things that come up in our lives. It, you, it is so easy to get caught up in the spin. This world, it is so easy. As much as you might intend not to, it is so easy to do that. There's so much to juggle. Can you tell us about some signs that we have raised our consciousness and our vibrations? How would somebody know that they've actually done that? Can you repeat the specific question, Denise, please? Can, could you tell us what are some of the signs? I was just saying, it, 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 despite our best intentions, that we're going to meditate, that we're going to we're going to become more live in the present or in the now more, we're going to become more appreciative. Yes, this this world is sometimes it is so much to do that you can get caught up in the spin like a washing machine spin cycle. Can you tell us about some signs? that we have raised our consciousness. What are some signs that would show up in our lives that we have actually raised our consciousness and our vibrations? Let's go first to signs that show us the opposite, okay? So signs that show us that we are trapped would be when we are suffering 
constant suffering, when we're depressed, uh, when we are unhappy with the outcome of our lives, when we are attracting the wrong people in our lives, when we're attracting the wrong uh, career and manifestations of our lives, those are signs that we need to open awareness and realize that there has to be a new possibility in life and the new possibility and the new signs that we have gone into the path is that we're attracting the right people, we're mm. living a happy life, we're joyful, we're manifesting, we're helping others, and we're a positive human being. Ah, okay. Okay, so even if, for example, if somebody was praying and meditating, uh, and I, I think meditation w would do some effect, although sometimes we can think we're meditating and connecting and we're not, but just going to church or just praying, that that alone is not a sign that you've raised your consciousness. You you, you should feel more peaceful and more joyous and you should live actually a better life and it shouldn't constantly be frustrated. And I know people who do really work hard, but they do they their life is still not working right. So it's I guess and and then my next question for our listeners would also be for people who are really diligent about this and they're frustrated, if is there a chance that one tool might not work for someone and another tool might, for example, art might work for somebody, but maybe meditation really doesn't. Is that possible? Yes, yes. That's why there's so many, you know, ways. But the most important thing is not only to be aware of the different tools we have as human beings, but to cleanse our life. There's a whole lesson in the book called The Burden of Life, if we're not aware of what we're carrying and what of those things in our sack are positive and what and helpful and which ones we need to discard, you know, not only as, because they're part of our past or the programs of the mind, all this is take, takes you, you know, through that lesson for the burden of life and it helps you to unburden your life, you know, un unless cleansing and an awareness of who we truly are, you know, one of the things that's in the book is how can we think we know that we know others if we do not know ourselves? Mm. Yeah. I want to talk about a couple other things that... Um, in the book that I discovered in my research for today's interview, what you talked about storms, and they they are no fun. <laughs> we all have them. What causes storms in our lives, and how can we lower the numbers of times that we find ourselves right in the middle of a storm? Well, that's the whole idea, you know, to understand that. Uh, when a storm comes into our lives, then it is because there's things we need to clear, to to clarify. One of the things that I say to people is like in medicine, you know, once you got the sickness, uh, regular medicine will give you a medicine that will will deal with the sickness and how to more or less keep it, it you know. Um, in a certain form, while mm. natural then will go to the root of what created that sickness. When we have a storm, we need to understand what forces developed and created that storm. Mm. But in order to do that, and that's lesson seven in my book, mm -hmm. by the time you got to seven, you already went through you know, six lessons that will help you avoid, you know, or deal with the storms in a different way. Because many storms, we create them, and they come from the energy that's within each of us. Let's say an, I'm an aggressive person. Mm -hmm. I will 
definitely attract, you know, aggressive people and situations to my life. And unless ah. I realize that that aggression within me is creating that specific lesson, you know, there's no way I could clear her up. So there's two ways to deal with it. Uh, some of the lessons, some of the storms in life will come to us and unbearingly like a hurricane does, mm-hmm. but some other lessons we can avoid them and some other lessons we can prevent them. So we need to start clearing, understanding who we are as human beings. Mm. That's, what, that's what made me uh, do this book because so many people through my art for years would say to me, please, you know, take me a book that can help me with this and this and this. And that's why I came out with a book that will deal with the different aspects to to clean ourselves, to clean, I mean, uh, with the ego. The ego, there's two forces in the universe. It's very important that people understand this. There's darkness and there's light. And the ego cannot be destroyed. It's a force of energy, like you see in the universe. You, you see the dark holes and the way they live is through through eating stars, you know, uh, light stars. So one of the things we need to understand is that the ego cannot be destroyed. Through my art, I learned through many years of painting that in order to show you the light of God, I need to use the darkness. So the darkness can become our instrument for growth instead of our enemy. Uh, now, now, when people are doing the lessons in the art of healing, are they actually painting and creating artwork themselves? Uh, yes, in a way, yes. Okay. Can you explain what you mean? You talked about the ego, and over the years we've heard a lot about the ego, and I think in the scriptures it's referred to as the flesh. But can you explain what you mean by the term the ego's jail? What do you what do you mean when you say use that term? Okay, that comes from a painting of mine. Uh, if you have the book, my book there, in the lesson of the ego, you see a man within uh, in jail, right? Mm-hmm. And in that jail, the door is opened. And one of the things I wanted to show people through that piece of art is that. So many times we in jail and we enslave our own selves. We're trapped by a material world. We're trapped by limited minds. We're trapped by limited beliefs, limited identities. And all that are, are traps, you know, that, that get us enslaved with, to the dark forces, the obscure forces, and that's the ego. One of the most uh, strong instruments that the ego uses is fear. Once we put fear into somebody's mind, they become weak. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and you know it's interesting. You say light and darkness, and I've heard love and fear are the only two things that have really exist. Love and fear. Now, what what led you to link art and paintings with human awakening? That's very interesting. And you know, people say art is the universal language. What led you to link to link these two? It's a great question. You know, first of all, I when I because I never went to art school, my technique was very poor. But my expression was very strong. I, I used to paint uh, children from Biafra, remember, the children that were dying, while other parts of the world were so wealthy. And I remember this painting where there was oil pouring with diamonds and money, and the other half of it was 
a dying child from Biafra at that time. Mm. I've been in my 20s. So humanity has always been a great concern in my life, in my career, in my life's mission. So one of the things that happened to me is that in my first big, big show in Cuernavaca in Mexico, I had not wanted to show my art, and a friend of mine pushed me into it. I felt that I was being naked because art is the expression of the soul if you allow it to, but it can also be expression of emotions. So there's different kinds of art. And in the middle of the show, the wife of the governor called me and said to me, we have a diploma for you, come and pick it up, we want to show you. And I was like, why a diploma? I did nothing. She said, well, come. So I went there and she gave me a hundred writings of you know, people from the town, some very poor people, some people who barely knew how to write, and children and adults, and they all had chosen a specific painting and shown what that painting was teaching them. That was a moment that created my awareness, my consciousness, ah. that my art had a, a higher mission that I even thought about. Mm. Okay. Now, how long have you been studying Awakening? You said that event is what really showed you the connection between your art and, and human awakening. How long have you been studying Awakening? And what three key lessons have you learned during your study so far uh, that that may or may not be included in the art of healing? Uh, it can- it, it all depends, you know, it all depends what state we're in and what we want to manifest in our lives. So sometimes we're so enclosed in our fears, in our minds, in our lives, that it can take forever. Mm. And sometimes there can be one moment, one, one aha moment that can open your life forever. Wow. Yeah. Who who is the art of healing written for? When you sat down to write this book, who 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 did you have in mind if if you had anyone in mind? Who is the book written for? First of all, for people who are suffering in their lives who do not know how to change them. Uh, how to move forward for people who want to understand how to be part of a new era, educate their children, you know, understanding that we're living different uh, energies nowadays, and for people who are already there and want to expand their knowledge, like yoga people, meditation people, people who believe in prayer, uh, this book will enhance even more, you know, their steps growing, you know, farther. I have to ask you this, and I've heard, I have a, a, a friend who works in this field, and she would say, I want to say maybe a year or two ago, that we were going through a shift, we're going through a shift, and she said, we're through it now. Now, I've heard people say these types of things, but then when you turn on the news, <laughs> excuse me, and it's like there's more madness going on. People just shooting up stuff left and right. It's it, it the, the the stories that I see in the news now. When I was a child, you 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 wouldn't even see these stories, or it was it was a rare event. You even have children that are shooting shooting and murdering kids. That never happened when I was a kid. So when people say you know we're really coming through a shift and they like it's a better thing. What is causing all the chaos? It seems like there's more chaos in the, yeah, to me. And it's not only chaos, Denise. It's also that days are passing by quicker and quicker. What we thought it was 24 hours before, nowadays it's around 18. And the frequencies are going faster and faster. It's not only Mother 
earth, the planet, but it's a universe that's also forcing the planets and the system and ourselves. And we have two choices at this point as humanity. One, we either awaken and move forward to an enlightened era, or two, we lose the opportunity and destroy ourselves again. And you, when people do not know how to be part of, that's why this book is so essential, because people need to awaken to understand what's happening, how to clean themselves, how to raise their vibrations. If we do not awaken to that, then we will be part of that chaos and leave that chaos ourselves. So there's, you know, two ways. The shadows and the light are separating. So either you're part of one or you're part of the other. Wow. Can you share some of the feedback that you've received from readers who have, people who have read The Art of Healing? What what have people who've read the book, done the lessons, what are some of the things they're telling you about the book? Well, if you go to Amazon, to the page of The Art of Healing Art, which, by the way, healing art has to be one word, healing art, in order for people to find the book, and they can also uh, connect through the web, which is the www.theartofhealingart.com. When you go to Amazon, you will see 26 people who have rated it with five stars, Mm -hmm. from awakening uh, to an instrument of of consciousness uh, to an inspiring daily book. You know, you will, you know, read, and that's the people who have put, you know, their own views. But people are calling me to say, oh, my God, it's a book that I will have forever by my bed. And wow. when I go down, I'm opening it, or people take it with them in trips. And I just, you know, I'm just humble and thankful to God for being able of turning around a moment of sickness and converting it into something and a book that could inspire the lives of others. Okay. Now, we, we only have about uh, seven or eight more minutes left in today's show. Uh, and I, I want to touch very, very quickly. Can you tell us how the invisible art and let, light technique, how does that work? Okay. I developed this technique in, in 1983. I started questioning and saying, God, please let me show people your light. Please let me show people the divine light within each of us. And, you know, when you pursue a dream like I did, three years later, God had given it to me and I patented it. And the whole idea is that I have, people can see it, like you said, in my website, of chaplainripstein.com. And the whole idea is to reveal through a piece of art, through a painting of mine, not only a certain images, in the outside that people will see, for example, the number three lesson, which is life, they will see a boat destroyed and the boats, the boat, the shipwreck, and you see the pieces of the boat floating after the storm, but you see the light behind it. And then when I put on a black light, the invisible appears, a, a whole boat without being destroyed the whole message there is to show people that what really think what we think is destroyed is the illusion world because ah yes yes destroyed <laughs> yes and that's yes. the whole idea why I developed this technique and eventually patented can you imagine in 1986 I was talking about the invisible that people would say, are you crazy? Did you, yeah. Are you weak? <laughs> Can't yeah. do, do joke and say, instead of parking my car, I parked my broom. <laughs> <laughs> the only oh, way. yeah. Yes. You know, it's amazing as you see. And I don't know, sometimes I say to myself, are more people awakening and I truly hope they are. Or am I just attracting more people 
who are on the same path I am. So it seems like there are more people, but maybe they've always been the same number, and they just you, that you attract them to yourself, so you think that they're growing in number. I want to ask you next, as we come to the end of the show, um, first of all, where can our off-the-shelf listeners get copies of The Art of Healing, your amazing artwork and your other books? Where can our listeners get copies of your works? Let me just comment in the last commentary that you said because I truly think it's important. People need to realize if I can leave this as something in their lives, you know, to question and help them open. People have to realize that, you know, if we do not awaken, we are part of the dark forces. So nowadays you are seeing more and more people awakening, but you're seeing the people that are left in the shadows being becoming more inhumane than ever and more primitive than ever so we need to to open consciousness awareness to create a change in our lives and civilization in order to give our children the world they deserve to have which is mm. a world of love and peace now let me go to the next uh they can get my my either in Apple, in iTunes, they can get the audiobook or the book, you know, the ebook, or if they go to Amazon through the Art of Healing Art, again, Healing Art, one word, they can get four formats of the book. They can get the Kindle, they can get the audiobook, they can get the black and white, and they can get the color, which is called Flexi Bound, because it's a, it's a collector's edition semi-soft cover, and that's how Amazon calls it, flexible. Remember, if you're going to get the book, it would be important. If you're going to use it as an oracle, you need to get the printed, which is either the black and white or the full color. The full color, obviously, is vibrating into different vibrations that give you healing just through the colors themselves. And it was more expensive to print, and obviously that's why I broke it down to give people a chance to get whatever format was okay for them. Uh, I thank you. You shared so much. I wanted to ask you one final question. What advice would you give to our listeners who themselves, I don't I don't remember, I know I asked you a similar question, but I want to close with a, a a tip, uh, who themselves want to become an artist, what advice would you give someone? Some people are afraid that their work won't be perfect to them, or somebody else might say it's not right. What advice would you give to somebody? They feel this compelling desire to start to create art. Uh, how, what advice would you give them to just that first step so they can get started? Years ago, through putting my art in a contest, I, I told the woman, I said, you gave me a lesson. I said, you can judge my technique, but never my expression. So the moment we're afraid of people judging our expression, we give them the power. You have to understand that your expression is yours, that art can change and enhance your life. I just do it and, and do it with passion. Thank you so much, Jacqueline Ripstein. I, it's just such a blessing to host Off the Shelf, the, the, the many wonderful people whose paths all over the world we've crossed in over 10 years uh, doing the show. I'm just so grateful. You can, uh, Jacqueline's books, The Invisible Art and Light Technique and The Art of Healing are available at Amazon and other book outlets she's online you can look at her works and learn more about her and the things she has done in her 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 physical experience so far at her website and it's jacquelineripstein.com and it's j-a-c-q-u-e-l-i-n-e-r-i-p-s-t-e-i-n-e.com again that's j-a-c-q-u-e-l-i-n-e R-I-P-S-T-E-I-N.com. We, we are so, so grateful uh, for you, Jacqueline, you taking time out of your day to be here with us. She's an international author, and please go and enjoy her work and support her book, which will also support yourself at with the art of healing. I want to thank all of our listeners. As I always tell you, I, I truly appreciate you being here with us every Saturday. You are so awesome. You're incredible. You are so amazing. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. I'll see you back 
next Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here at Off the Shelf Radio. Jacqueline, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please go and support uh, Jacqueline and be committed to awakening. See you. Bye for now. Jacqueline, I'll shoot you an email. Thank you so much. God bless everybody.